Professor of Neuroscience, University of Glasgow in Scotland, UK, and neuroscientist with a background in pharmacology, Mari McRae was presenting at the Stroke Society Australasia Conference in Sydney. Dr McRae has a unique interest in imaging and new therapies for stroke. My name is Carmen Lave Jenkins and I'm the Managing Editor of the International Journal of Stroke. I was lucky enough to have the opportunity to speak to Dr McRae when she was visiting SSA in Sydney, Australia, 2012. My background is, uh, I'm a neuroscientist with a background training in pharmacology and my main research interest is in stroke. I use animal models of stroke to do preclinical research um, and I'm particularly interested in acute stroke using acute stroke imaging, that's um, MRI and also autoradiographic techniques. Um, I'm also interested in new therapies for stroke and uh, I build in behavioural testing into my uh, preclinical research so that I can look at functional outcome in the animal models as well as MR indicators of injury and recovery. And so you're using and you're sort of translating imaging and basic science. How are you doing that and what kind of imaging are you looking at? Okay, well... We have uh, seven Tesla animal MRI scanners um, and we work very closely with the clinicians in the Southern General Hospital in Glasgow. So the acute stroke unit in Glasgow is, uh, at the Southern General Hospital is run by Professor Keith Muir um, who has a synapse chair in uh, brain imaging for stroke. Um, so we work very closely as a team with the stroke neurologists with the neuroradiologists uh, who work on stroke so the the neuroradiologists I work very closely with uh, is Dr Celestine Santosh um, also clinical physicists Professor Barry Condon uh, Dr Dee Brennan and neuroscientists that work with me in uh, the unit in the preclinical labs that's Dr Chris McCabe Dr. Graham Ducher, Dr. Debbie Dewar, uh, Dr. Chris McCabe. And uh, in the preclinical setting, we also have a senior MR physicist, Dr. William Holmes. So the people who have been instrumental in uh, designing and setting up new ways of imaging the acute stroke brain particularly targeting, trying to identify this ischemic penumbra, are Dr Celestine Santosh and Dr William Holmes, so the neuroradiologist and the MR uh, physicist. And they've come up with some new techniques which we hope will improve uh, the way in which you identify penumbra in this acute stroke period. One technique involves T2 star imaging, uh, and we combine this with an oxygen challenge, so a stimulus which allows us to see how the penumbra responds to this oxygen challenge compared to the surrounding tissue, either the, the tissue that's not at risk of infarction, so that's destined to survive, and the ischemic core, which is destined to die, basically. And then you have the penumbra, which is potentially salvageable if you're able to restore its blood supply. So T2 star uh, with an oxygen challenge is the first technique that we've set up and that's uh, started to translate through from the animal scanner to the clinical scanner um, 
again, Professor Keith Muir and uh, Dr. Krishna Dani have set up the first uh, study in about 30 stroke patients, acute stroke patients, to see if they can set up the T2-star oxygen challenge technique in the acute stroke setting. And they have the first study published in Annals of Neurology uh, just a couple of years ago. Um, so that's going well and they're doing a second study funded uh, by the Chief Scientist Office in Edinburgh uh, to try and uh, develop that technique further uh, in the clinical setting. And then the second technique again uses an oxygen challenge but this time involves uh, lactate spectroscopy and lactate imaging. So again, it allows you to give an oxygen challenge and see how the penumbra responds compared to ischemic core and uh, tissue that's not at risk of infarction. And this was a technique, again, uh, it came from an original idea by Dr. Celestine Santosh and then the, our uh, MR physicist, Dr. William Holmes, took the idea and, and worked out the MR sequence and uh, image analysis to produce this lactate change map that shows you that when you give an oxygen challenge in penumbral tissue that's still viable, the tissue is still able to metabolise and reduce the lactate level during the oxygen challenge. And then when you turn the oxygen challenge off, the tissue, you see, the penumbral tissue, you again see an increase in, in lactate. So this tells us that that tissue is still functioning and therefore potentially salvageable if you can restore its blood supply. So these are the two techniques that uh, have been developed by the group so far. T2-star oxygen challenge and lactate change um, oxygen challenge. Um, the T2-star oxygen challenge uh, work has been published in the Journal of Cerebral Blood Flow and Metabolism with Santosh as first author or my PhD student Craig Robertson who's published two papers now in the journal evaluating the T2-star oxygen challenge technique and the lactate change has the preclinical animal data has been published uh, with uh, William Holmes as first author in I think it's NMR in medicine. So. Uh, the first publications are out and we're continuing to develop the techniques to bring them closer to the clinic. So there's some clinical research ongoing at the moment funded by Chief Scientist's Office where um, Keith Muir and Krishna Dani are continuing to develop the T2-star oxygen challenge technique. So they're uh, recruiting patients at the moment um, and they have a protocol set up to um, to find out more about T2-star oxygen challenge and the potential for that technique to be used in the acute stroke setting. Where did the idea for this type of imaging come from? Um, for T2-star it came originally from the neuroradiologist Dr Celestine Santosh and he came to us as a basic scientist with the idea and said is there a way we can develop this so we have um, devised a way of inducing strokes in rodents in order to then carry out the imaging in the 70 animal magnet in the animal MRI scanner um, and it's taken us a number of years but we've gradually um, optimised the technique and evaluated it to identify whether the tissue we identify as penumbra in the rodent models actually behaves in 
in the way that you would expect penumbra. So in other words, we've been able to show that the, the neurons in that tissue look morphologically normal on histology sec- sections. We've um, used autoradiography techniques to establish that the tissue identified as penumbra on the MRI scan has still got uh, virtually normal glucose metabolism levels and if you reperfuse that tissue, it then recovers um, and shows a normal pattern of MRI signal on a subsequent oxygen challenge. And if you go on later to look at the final uh, extent of infarction, which is the tissue that's um, died, this penumbral tissue that's been reperfused uh, isn't part of the infarct, it's actually recovered. And there's uh, also good evidence that that tissue um, supports function because the animal's recovery is also better. Um, We encountered one problem with the T2 star oxygen challenge and that is that oxygen itself is paramagnetic and therefore any oxygen in the airways and in the nasal sinuses actually produces an MR signal in the scanner and this can cause artefacts at the front of the brain which um, prevents you from being able to detect uh, changes in the, in the forebrain. So we've subsequently moved on from that point uh, to employ a molecule called a perfluorocarbon molecule which is an extremely good oxygen carrier. And if we use PFCs, these perfluorocarbon molecules, and inject them intravenously, we don't need to use 100% oxygen to produce our oxygen challenge. We can actually go down to 50% oxygen or less and therefore reduce the possibility of this artefact on the uh, human MR uh, scans. So... At the moment, we're re-evaluating both T2-star and lactate change techniques where we incorporate the oxygen challenge, this time with a lower oxygen uh, percentage, along with a perfluorocarbon given intravenously. And perfluorocarbons for intravenous use have to be given in an emulsion. So uh, we are able to... um, In the first instance, we produced our own PFC emulsion and did our first studies using uh, our own PFC. And subsequently, we've uh, started a collaboration, a research collaboration, with an American company called Oxygen Biotherapeutics, who have a perfluorocarbon emulsion called Oxycyte that's already in clinical trials for head injury. Um, and so we're now working with Oxycyte, um, which uh, works well with T2-star oxygen challenge and lactate change in that it increases the sensitivity of the techniques. Um, and we've now combined both T2-star and lactate change in the one uh, scanning sequence. Uh, and we found that with PFC, the uh, response, the the signal from the penumbra is much stronger and uh, we hope to also be able to reduce the scanning time required to do the two uh, different types of scan. So that's our next step. Um, There's an added bonus in that type of um, approach to imaging because the PFC also carries a lot more oxygen into oxygen-starved tissue, such as the ischemic core and penumbra. 
and we have early preliminary evidence that when you give a PFC emulsion supported with oxygen, say 50% oxygen, you get more oxygen into the penumbral tissue and therefore it doesn't deteriorate as fast and therefore you may have a longer window in which to be able to reperfuse that tissue and save it. So we're working on another grant application at the moment, again funded by the Chief Scientist Office in Edinburgh, where we're looking at not just the diagnostic potential, but now the therapeutic potential of using oxygen therapy with PFC to prolong the lifespan of this viable penumbral tissue and also improve outcome in terms of infarct volume, final infarct volume, and the functional recovery that's possible. And these studies are all being done again in rat models of stroke. And we've already got some promising uh, early data that shows that you can reduce uh, infarct size if you give PFC along with oxygen for around about six hours after the stroke. The final infarct is smaller and also the animal's functional recovery is much better. Mari, thank you so much for speaking to us today. You've just been listening to a podcast interview with Professor Mara McRae from Glasgow University and Carmen Lev Jenkins from the International Journal of Stroke. The International Journal of Stroke is the flagship publication of the World Stroke Organisation. Please consider becoming a member.